episode of Nerds Amalgamated. I'm the professor and my co-hosts are Buck and DJ. How are you going, Buck? I'm absolutely awesome. Marvelous, fabulous, awesome. It just keeps going up. Ah, well, you know. What do you mean awesome in the, the biblical sense? Ah, uh, well, I, I tend to have people saying Jesus when they see me, but I don't know, maybe that maybe I'm just it's the beard, I'm not sure. All you need to do now is turn water to wine and it'll be great. Why would you wine. do that? You can just go to the bottle o. See, in this day and age, it'd be more spectacular to turn wine into water because we need more water. We're in a drought. Be right back. I'm going to go order a pack of charcoal filters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but people are now saying, like, oh, the melting icebergs are increasing the water levels, so water to wine. It's not water we can drink, though. They never specified that he could turn salt water to drinking water. It was only the water into the wine. Anyway, how are you going, DJ? Because this isn't a this is not a uh, biblical argument podcast. <laughs> if you want arguments, check out our friends Disney vs Disney. And there it is, the shape. <laughs> I got it in early this week. <laughs> I'm Disney vs Disney is uh, hosted by our friend Zane, and it involves two hosts arguing over which Disney movie is the best. So, how are you, DJ? I've been good. I've been good. Another week of assignments. Another another crunch time. Crunch time. Yeah. I know. I think the I think Bucky understands the pain of of uh, assignments. Hey, I do too. I've got a degree. I've got two of them. I understand the pain of assignments. Well, I I enjoy them. It's more. I was it was more a comment of you using the term crunch time, trying to make it you're a computer software engineer or something <laughs> like that. I love the sound deadlines make as they go by. Yes. <laughs> I love I love the fact that I normally write my assignment, delete it, rewrite it half a dozen times before I submit it. And you still manage to finish it faster than George R. R. Martin finishes a book. Well, not much of a challenge. It's, he he was in competition with um what's his name? Cameron and um whoever it is with Starcon. Oh no. They have also he, he's also in competition with Robert Jordan, who managed to die before he finished his series. Hey, 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 that wasn't intentional. And he constantly did produce good quality stuff. I'm sure uh, George R. R. Martin is producing good quality stuff. It's just none of us are ever going to get to read it. Yeah, I don't know. Robert Robert Jordan didn't stop because from choice. I'm pretty sure he'd rather have kept going. Yeah. Although, anyway. mind you, Tolkien would Tolkien's a better storyteller than George R. R. Martin. Anyway, we know oh. that. That's not you, up for debate. If, if you said Robert Jordan, you would have been in trouble because that's a bit of a close call. Anyway, what is your uh, topic about tonight, DJ? Uh, I've got a story about a Russian politician saying that adult comic book readers are absolute morons. Well, that explains you. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know, man. Like, you know, <laughs> you, 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 you will also be that moron as well, but I don't nah, well, <laughs> not even graphic novels. No, actually, I don't remember the last time I did read a, either a comic or a graphic novel. Anyway, who said this so we can vote them out if we're Russian? That's <laughs> not going to happen. You can't vote out a Russian minister. Don't say that too loud. The KGB will be after you. Who do you think makes sure they can't be voted out? 
Uh, so the politician's name is Vladimir Medinsky. Um, he's a Russian minister of culture. And he said this um, statement during an international during the 32nd Moscow International Book Fair, and he admitted that comics were good for children up to seven or eight, but not for adults. He did admit that com- collecting them would be fun, but never to be read. He does realize, of course, that all the scientific advancements that are happening these days are all inspired by comic books being read by adults. Yeah, he, I don't think he realizes it. But um, he goes on. He goes on to further state. He, this is what he. This is the full statement he says. So, and I quote: "Comics. This is for those who can read poorly. I have a very bad attitude to comics. Comics are like chewing gum, as you say. This is not food. Comics. This orientation should be for a child who is only reading up to se- up to seven, eight years. But an adult to read comics is to admit that I'm a moron. I read comics." It's possible to collect them. It's fun, but not read. Um, so, if so comics are for kids, what do you reckon we give this guy's kids a copy of Berserk? <laughs> no. Oh, no. Um, I, I personally take great offense at this because I read comics and I like to think that I'm far from being a moron. I'm sure this is a mistranslation. What he meant to say was people who read comics are not morons. They are for kids at heart. I think we should just declare war on Russia with this one. Like, <laughs> ner- nerds and geeks of the world unite, set phases to obliterate. <laughs> like, this I, is just this is this is just ludicrous. He does realize, of course, that um, most of the um, geeks and scientists that Russia were stealing the information off during the Cold War and post-Cold War and up to today, whenever they go and steal ideas from other countries, most of those scientists, are when they actually manage to steal us because they're actually eating their their lunch or dinner or whatever while reading a comic book. I I will play devil's advocate on, on this section, though. There is an element where he's right, though, because if you look at the current breed of comic books, look at um, the... Uh, oh, okay, hold on, let me, let me finish, let me finish. Look at the current breed of comic books, the art style, the dialogue, the themes they put out. It. It's not It's not like what you read the old days, like Watchmen or The Killing Joke, where you have thought into it. There's there's um, complex thought, like existential thought about life and death and time and reality. There's not much, there's not in that, in the modern strand of comics. Nowadays, comics is just basically about Okay, um, let's just put on a very generic storyline, put a bit of political elements into it just to, just to make it look like it's deep and, um, deep and thoughtful, and that's it. Oh, yeah, and there's nothing good on TV. All pop music is for idiots. Um, can you I just take a... Wrong generation there, DJ. Can, can, I, can I just take a moment here to say these are not the thoughts and feelings of the rest of the crew of Nerds Amalgamated? <laughs> That is purely the DJ's brain fart leaking out of his ears as but, okay, so come much on. diarrhea. Um, oh, come on. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, like, this is this okay. is also uh, the... No, no, no. You, you, you asked me to let you, that you uh, just sit there and shut up and listen. Don't worry, I'll do it for him. I'll just mute him in the chat. There's the guys like Jamie Johnson illustration who's working on the cover for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which has got 
some amazing artwork in there. And the stories in that last time I checked were, were fairly decent. Like Some of it's pretty shallow, but there's a lot of fun stuff there where they're looking at science and all that sort of stuff as well. Then you got our extra member of the Nerds Amalgamated team, our raving <laughs> reporter. Um, Should we just Luke clip Grant. this bit and ship it off to Sean? Yeah, Sean, who runs a business making comics. Um, I don't know his comics aren't any good. Yeah, and um, have you have you taken the time to read? Because comics also will, that will cover things such as graphic novels. So you got things such as Hack Slash, which is the series behind TV series such as Dexter. Um, yeah, you you just climbed up on top of the monitor of the car of life, squatted down, squawking like a bird, and took a great big almighty dump. And you missed the car and hit your own shoes on that one, I think, fella. He's fallen into the classic survivorship bias trap. The only reason things from the past seem so much better are because we only remember the good stuff. For every great Watchman or any other great comic, there's a Squirrel Girl. Uh, guys, I was meant to. I was meant to say that in terms of Marvel comic. Look at the big two, like Marvel and nah, DC. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I'm you serious. Didn't, you didn't say that. I didn't say that. I, I did. I, I, I agree. I didn't say hold, that. hold on. Oh, my brain! I'm reading your mind. Uh, no, too much stupid for me. I can't do it. And, see, <laughs> and, and like DC isn't like they they have some little bits and pieces there, but they're not all the political. You just you just took an almighty dump on top of some of our most beloved culture. <laughs> now you're backpedaling. I'm not backpedaling. All I'm saying is, look at like that's this just, is why this is when why we, when we get hate mail and and so forth and death threats, it's all going to be at you. <laughs> all I'm going to say is, this is why manga is doing so much better than comics. Is this it, is though? the reason why? Yeah, because manga man, has just man, as much stupid bullshit. Yeah, manga and anime, it's 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 doing better because of the fact that it has a much more diverse storyline. But and for every Death Note, there's I don't know actually. I don't. What's a bad manga? Ugh. Uh, so that's so that's, it becomes subjective because they've got so many there that it's allowing people to have their own particular taste. Like I'm not a massive fan of um, is it the Host Club or Orange High Host Club? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not a fan of that, but um, there's plenty of people who are because it's doing pretty well and it's successful. And so that's the thing with um, comics, anime, manga. It's all we we need to just res- respect and just accept each other and stop all this infighting and derision. Because if go if you go back to the love of what it is, it's the love of the impossible and the unbelievable, and also the faint dreams of a future that you'd want things to be. That's what comics and cartoons and anime and manga were about. Like that's what Stan Lee had as his vision when he was creating some of his most iconic pieces. Yeah. Um in response to what the politician was was what the Russian politicians have was saying, um a couple of publishers and a comic book shop owners were all saying, what the hell is this guy thinking? As like, they uh, would. That's their livelihood. He's attacking. Yeah. One. Um. So Dmitry Yakovlev, uh, said it was comic was a Russian comic book publisher. 
uh, said, it's strange for me to hear the statement when comic centers or some corners of comics are organized in government offices and libraries across the country. Government money is allocated for this. Books are bought. There are people who work in these centers. Probably Medinsky are aware of this. If you want to read it, you can read it. We'll have the link available for you. Yeah. It'll make more sense. And remember that just because something might be pulpy and low quality doesn't mean that the maker didn't love it. Do you guys have the DJ's plenty, mother? There's plenty of things out there in the world that, like, yeah, there's plenty of comics and so forth in the world that people love and still have a lot of thought. Like, we are saying, was it last week or the week before, we are talking about The Phantom? Yeah. Still one of the most iconic comic books in the world. And, yeah, you just... You just took an all. Uh, this guy's taking an almighty dump on top of that. But it's it's kind of interesting though. That guy's comments rem, um, reminds me of another guy that um, that said the same comment as well. Um, Mark Mark Marin, who is um, playing a role in the new DC Comics movie um, Joker, uh, he went on Conan and said superhero movies are for grown male nerd child, and <laughs> he, he I- could. Okay, he, he he obviously hasn't been to a convention where there's some ridiculously attractive ladies going around doing cosplay based he's, on superhero characters. He says this, his, his, his issue is not with comics, as he said, he's just not into mainstream superhero movies, the must-see hype of superhero movies like the highest grossing movie of all time, which is Avengers Endgame. Not that he's seen it. Yeah, he's, so... That was my point earlier, that he hasn't seen the one that's uh, supposed to be the most amazing comic book thing ever, but he might be hugely into Winona Rupp, which is some little-known comic that's got a Netflix show. Yeah, all the boys. Yeah. And who heard of Hack Slash before uh, um, Dexter hit TV? Well, wasn't Dexter a book? Yeah. I can't remember if it was Dexter or Hack Slash. Hack Slash is in a similar vein. I know there was a few different comics and graphic novels that were in that they stopped. Like there was one of them they took the initial idea from, but then, yeah, there was a few others they took ideas for different storylines that they blended into it. So, um, yeah, like there's a whole genre of the anti-hero serial killer that is out there and hunting bad guys and then, and making the world a better place. Like you got, the Punisher is just one of them, and that's from Marvel. So, so what do you say to the to the Rus- to this Russian politician? Throw your head in, mate. Um, <laughs> well, you can't see the physical gesture, but I'm I'm giving him a good old fist stuck into the air and a <laughs> drop that up, your Kyber. What anyway, I heard Godzilla trying to join in on the podcast a moment ago. He he has come back, um, and. He's been hanging around. I'm quite happy to see that he's returned. Well, I have to say, I was a little bit nervous. I um, was pruning the bush out the back behind my bedroom window the other day, and um, his um, distant cousin popped up out of the top of the bush. First, I thought it was a snake, and then I saw it was a bearded dragon. Nice. So what do you have to tell us about uh, slightly bigger dragons? Slightly bigger dragons, such as the ones that didn't go extinct and aren't actually dragons. Like a couple of wings on them. They'll do the part. <laughs> I don't know. They're pretty pretty big and fat. Jetpack. Then you got barbecued lizard. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, at, there's been a recent study done um, 
on, and it was conducted by an Australian and uh, I forget it was the other root root. It was um, Shine and Ruchira Somawira. Um, yeah, both with the Australian CSIRO, um, Commonwealth Scientific and Industrial Research Organization. They went to the Komodo Islands looking at some of the smaller lizards and got to wondering how is it that the Komodo dragon, the biggest lizard on Earth, and it weighs 220 pounds and reaches nearly 10 feet in length from head to tail, has survived when all of its cousins have died off around the world. And so they started looking into it and they've got, we've got to put it down to a few things. First off, uh, we have to acknowledge the fact that the Komodo dragon is actually an Australian from about 4 million years ago. And they had an even bigger sister species, the Varanos Proscos, who stayed behind and didn't go for a swim over to a couple of the other islands and spread out with the Komodos. Um, if they had, they probably would have survived as well, especially when um, humans came along years later into areas such as the Komodo Islands where it's not really suitable for long-term human habitation. But they brought along buffaloes and well, and pigs and so forth that the Komodos have decided are actually quite tasty as well, the same as people. So, yeah. So, yeah, they've uh, there's factors such as that and also... Because they're not particularly picky eaters and they can go swimming, they do eat seafood and each other. And if they're struggling to find a mate, um, heads up to some of the, our, um, the people we know that are struggling to get a date. They're able to follow the reproduction process of parthenogenesis or more commonly referred to as virgin birth. <laughs> and remember, there is nowhere in the Bible that says Jesus was not a bloody great lizard. <laughs> and so, yeah. So for for those people who are struggling to get a date and want to have children, look up the word parthenogenesis. It might save you some time. But, yeah, um, it's actually quite an interesting article to, to read. And it's even been recognised... And I got to laugh at this. The American authors refer to it as Australia's Queensland University, talking about um, one of the um, specialists that's responded to it, uh, Mr. Brian Fry, from who's a biologist at the University of Queensland, not Queensland University. So yeah, yeah. sure is great. We only have one Queensland University, so everyone knows which one it is. Yes, we got quite a few, in fact. Including QUT, which has just gone to the top unis for the uh, first time. It's in the top 150, isn't it, now? Uh, I don't know. I actually didn't have the link open. Okay. Yeah, here we go. It's now ranked 179th in the world's unis. Okay. And it's one, of, it's one of the young ones coming up and flexing its muscles. That whole um, aspect of Komodo dragons um, using cannibalism... To survive, it just reminded me of that um, that scientist that came out a couple of days ago saying that in order for the human race to survive, we need to resort to cannibalism. It's just a mild proposal. <laughs> well, it's a just proposal, sorry. <laughs> human tastes yeah. like pork, apparently. Yeah, but the, the thing that gets me a bit worried is, wasn't this the same scientist who put in a big order for some caniva beans 
and a nice Chianti. <laughs> and has a wife called Clarice. Is having a friend for dinner. <laughs> yeah, that's his response to climate change. Uh, cannibalism, right? Technically correct. <sighs> well, you know, even in Austin Powers, they refer to babies as the other white meat. Oh, <laughs> I'm not even going to try. <laughs> but no, look, honestly, I'm I'm looking at this and, yeah, these these beautiful Komodo dragons, and we've got to admit they are beautiful creatures. You've got to respect the fact that they are such absolute monsters and they've actually got a venomous bite. So, yeah. Hey, so, uh, we, we, we had a... Um, couple of old people up in north queensland who upset a goanna and they got attacked and their dog had to be put down and the goanna was no it was probably a, was only a young one from the sounds of the report because it was only about six to eight foot long whereas and the goannas grow up to almost the same size as the komodo dragon and yeah they're they're lightweights in comparison they're they're, they're pretty skinny they're just long and fast yeah. The interesting fact um, from Komodo dragons, the way they kill their prey is very interesting. It's the bacteria from their teeth, if I recall, that kills its prey. Yeah, they won't hunt you. They'll bite you, wait for you to die, then track you down. Mm-hmm. Which is actually a pretty clever hunting mechanism for a cold-blooded creature when you think about it, because they're generally not known for being speed demons and long-distance hunters. But if they can nip four or five different people and or buffaloes and just wait for it to die from infection, hey, life works out good for you, doesn't it? I got a question for you, though. Would you call the Komodo dragon a scavenger or a predator? I'd say it's a cross between an ambush predator and a scavenger. Because I was going to say it's omnivorous. Isn't that just a definition for eats plants and meat? Yeah. Um, yeah, cause, well, they do. They have been shown to eat some vegetable material occasionally. But, um, yeah, because they, they go across a fair amount of different food sources. So, yeah, they make do with whatever's available. Including a busload of hipsters, vegan-friendly. <laughs> sounds, um. sounds interesting. Let's, <laughs> let's, put it, let's conduct an experiment and see if it's true. Well, if you are what you eat, then eating a vegan would be a vegan-friendly meal. Would the Komodo dragon be able to say that he's eating salad by eating vegans? <laughs> Would it give him the same amount of gas as it gives the vegans to eat a vegan-friendly diet? Oh, I hate it when people feed the animals vegan diets. That's that's just terrible. It's terrible. Some animals can do it, but not cats. The definition is obligate carnivore, so cats absolutely require meat or a supplement. Mm-hmm. They can't get all of the uh, amino acids they need from plants naturally. The same with dogs. I, I think dogs can uh, be given a vegan diet, but it has to be a very specific one. Okay. I, I was always told that they need to have um, some meat as part of their diet because otherwise they just lose certain conditions and functions. Okay. It's kind of like the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. They specifically bred them so that they would have to have supplements to survive thinking there's no way they'll survive if they somehow get off the island. Well, that's why they wrote a sequel. Oh, I've got some interesting stuff here. They're saying a cat is unable to safely eat a vegan diet. Yes, that is what I just said. Ah. We were then discussing whether dogs can. Can dogs eat a vegan diet? No, they can't. 
Okay. Yeah, because uh, I do recall there was a there was a famous YouTuber that tried to feed its uh, Siberian husky a vegan diet. Not a good sign. <laughs> Not a good idea either. Poor dog. But yeah, um, Komodo dragons. So how much? How many are there in in its entire in the species entirely? Must be more than a thousand, I would assume. So can you repeat that question again? How many um how many Komodo dragons are there? Um. I'm not exactly sure. I haven't gone and counted them all out. I know that um, the number of areas where they survive is shrinking because they were on uh, they're almost extinct. They're saying they are extinct in Borneo, but I reckon there might be one or two hanging on somewhere else. And then they got also in small pockets of Flores. But um, like they got a picture here from off of um, Komodo Island and... I can see at least three all within close proximity of each other there. Strangely enough, there's no buffalo. Uh, from what, I've, what I'm seeing so far, there are about 6,000 okay. the dragons, and that's off 2014, so it's been a while. Yeah, the population is split amongst uh, 1,700 on Komodo, 1,300 on Vrinka, 100 on Gili Montag, and around 2,000 on Flores. They're protected within the Komodo National Park. Okay. Anyway, moving along, our next topic is about preserving old apps and games. Because uh, I found a discussion on Reddit the other day. Apparently, you can no longer download the Infinity Blade games from the App Store. Well, you can download them, but if you haven't purchased them before now, you can no longer purchase them because the um, they've been pulled from the App Store. And it got me thinking of a few games I used to play when I had an iPod Touch that eventually got pulled from the App Store and I could download the game, but it was impossible to buy any of the expansion level packs. Okay. Is there? A, have we got a reason why this is? No, we don't know the exact reason. The uh, theory seems to be that Apple is moving away from compatibility with older hardware and Epic, who published uh, Infinity Blade, has decided they don't care to keep it updated. Okay. It sucks, though. I mean, whatever happened to that term nostalgia? I mean... Well, that's the key issue with digital games. The the traditional argument against it has been that you purchase a lot... Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. License, not ownership of the game. So if you buy, if you go and buy a um, disc for a, an older console or a cartridge or however far you want to go back, because the console is not connected to the internet, there's nothing short of physical theft or failure that can take the game away from you. But here we've just seen the, these games are being taken away from people because they can't um, can't be downloaded anymore. Mm-hmm. So the whole so that means um so that means ROMs and stuff will be the next are uh, also going to die out as well. Well, they are dying, but no. Um, Nintendo has started up suing ROM sites again in the last couple of days. The reason for that is the 
linked to what we covered about a year ago now when they shut down Emu Paradise. Mm -hmm. They continuously go out and sue people for hosting copies of their games within their copyright allowance. So Nintendo is not breaking the law by suing these people. And, um, but this is a different story because there's not really a way to emulate an iPhone or to crack iPhone games so that you can reload them on a on newer hardware. I'm glad you said games there because it's quite easy to crack an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> that, that should be a that, that should be a video on on our YouTube channel one day. Bucky cracks a knife. You paying for it? Oh, I have an old. I think I have an old iPod Touch somewhere around somewhere That's around my iPhone. place. Hmm? That's on an iPhone. I'm I'm happy to crash it. I'm I'm, I'm happy to crack it. That's right. That's all good. <laughs> I got I got just the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> so the good news with this uh, current Nintendo lawsuit is that a lot of the games they pulling down from ROM sites are re-released in some way, so you can still access them. But between Apple, uh, well, between Epic pulling Infinity Blade and another article I found when I was investigating this where Apple has declared that macOS High Sierra 10.13.4 will not support 32-bit apps anymore. It means that basically any software that's older than, say, 2015, best case, sort of, a lot of games are still 32-bit, won't run on a 64-bit computer when, it, when they finish a transition. It's kind of like uh, back in the day around 2007, Microsoft dropped 16-bit support from Windows. Mm-hmm. And the disappointing thing is that losing this um, these game, we're basically losing these games because there's no way to emulate the hardware. So you need physical hardware, which is by nature a limited resource. And if you don't already have the game downloaded and it gets pulled from the App Store, you might never get another chance to download it. And some of these games have been a huge part of culture. There's... It's a bit of a meme, but everyone knows Flappy Bird, even though the developer pulled it because he was getting death threats from the Mafia and stuff like that. It's He still made a game that absolutely captured the world's attention for a few weeks there. But now no one can ever play it again because it's been pulled and you need to have a phone that had it installed before it was pulled, which like I said, is a limited resource. They're going to run out one day, and then it's gone. There's no way to get it back. Mm-hmm. So the main reason I support emulation is for reasons like that. I want to be able to play these games in 10 or 20 years when all the hardware's broken or recycled and there's no official way to get a copy of the game anymore. Yeah, it kind of sucks when, when that happens. Uh, did you see that link I posted up, Professor, on... How to play the iPod games on the PC? Uh, no, I haven't. Where did you put that? In the uh, show notes section. Okay, I haven't seen that yet. We'll pull it up. Yep. But yeah, the problem with the the I mean, emulation is good and all, but it's also the problem with some of the emulations. It comes down to what type of screen you have. Like sometimes you need the old old TV to work at to make it look r- real in a sense. But even then, you can adjust your emulator to make it look better. There's in recent years, I've seen a lot of uh, emulators come out with new screen emulation features. So they add a little bit of blur and um, stretch the screen slightly so that even though you're playing it on a flat LCD, it gives you the same visual effect as a CRT. Mm -hmm. 
it's not perfect, but it's quite a bit better than it was. Yeah. You think this um, fits into the, like we, we talk about the idea of with a lot of the games, like when we talk, we talk about um, the old shareware style where it was written in a pretty basic format. Like when you talk about the original Prince of Persia, that was, I think the original Prince of Persia was a monochrome game, wasn't it? From memory? I think I've played it and it was um, like it had colors, but not a whole lot. It might have been a remaster though. Okay. And you got the original um, test drive and all that. That was that was back in the days of monochrome because I remember playing that on a screen where it was all green. Yeah, there's actually um, a YouTube mm-hmm. channel, um, Accursed Farms. It's mm-hmm. by the guy behind Freeman's Mind, which is a, an excellent satire of Half-Life. But he does game reviews that he calls Ross's Game Dungeon. And one of his big things is that he'll find a game from... 10 or 20 years ago and play it and talk about it. But a big uh, sticking point for him is games that he plays that have, uh, well, the developers basically come out and said, you're not going to be able to play this game past this day. Like Dark Spore, you couldn't even play the single player mode when it shut down. Actually, maybe maybe that's what's happened with um, Fallout 76. <laughs> you weren't supposed to be playing it past a certain date, but they released it after that date. <laughs> And that's just messed up the whole timeline. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the reason why it sucks so bad. Like, like that 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 game is the living embodiment of the Dyson vacuum cleaner. It's got more suction than anything else out there. Well, it's not a Dyson. It comes with a shitty bag. Oh. Oh oh oh. Let's let, let's not also forget. It also comes now with a very shitty fridge. Hey hey hey. Let's just ease back the language a bit here, won't we? <laughs> um, well, yeah, I, I can go. understand you two have got potty mouths and you may have messed your pants, but come on. I'm not changing your nappies. Have you guys heard about that new news, though, with the fridge? Nope. No. So Bethesda has recently come out saying, okay, you can uh, get a new stainless steel fridge for $7 in the Atom store. So it's only available in-game. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's probably the reason why we haven't heard about it. We don't play it. Ah, oh, but it's just so funny how people are extorting. That's the. I think that's the. That's so the one. Th- they're charging for cosmetic features for your game. Yep. Yeah, some of their uh, their prices for the cosmetics are pretty high, from what I've heard. That's the one thing you will miss from the old old games. It's the whole microtransactions and loot boxes. Yeah. But see, like you got some of the games there where all you, all you're allowed to buy are cosmetic items. You, you can't actually buy anything that enables you to improve your character's performance. My understanding is that Warframe is one of those games. Can you confirm, DJ? Yeah, you have to spend some money uh, for Warframe. You, you do, or you can, but it doesn't actually help you win. Um, it doesn't help you. It doesn't help you win. It's just cosmetic. Cosmetic, yeah. Because yeah, was it that um, Path of Exile is the same. You can you can buy cosmetic upgrades, but it does nothing for you other than it makes you look pretty. Yep, it's an unfortunate side effect of the way the game's economy is going at the moment. It used to be you'd buy an expansion pack and get a huge amount of content for one flat price. Now you, it never ends. And for online only games, you can buy your cosmetics, but 
when that game shuts down, your money's gone forever. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we should uh, move along to the shout outs for this week. Oh, 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 oh. Game's <laughs> currently playing. <laughs> you put warning, the shout outs warning. in the wrong order. Warning. Angel Boy Robinson. Um, I thought it was in there, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It's yes, after but I, I skip past the game's currently playing section to read the shout outs. Then I come back to games currently playing. So if you swap them around, I would skip over shout outs, read games currently playing, then come back up. I blame you, DJ. You're just weird. So yeah, what have you nice. Been <laughs> I'm playing Warframe. It's been fun. I I haven't digressed much into the story, um, but it's just fun just exploring around the um at the worlds and uh. They they put a lot of em- with Warframe. They put a lot of emphasis on stealth kills rather than barging in there with all guns blazing. Basically, well, aren't you basically ninjas in a mech suit? You can. That's one avenue, but there are other avenues where you can um, also carry up. You can carry like rifles and shotguns and pistols. So you can you can customize your character to whatever you whatever they want. And I think I recently unlocked uh, my tech tree. So I've. So I can customize my character to whatever attributes I can put into it. Is is, is it an oak or a um, olive for a your tech tree? I think it's an olive. <laughs> <laughs> I will end you. But yeah, um, it's it's been fun playing. I'm, I mean, I love the I love my um, character so far. We're just playing with the sword, the kunai, and the uh, crossbow. So, it's the classic ninja. There I haven't we go. upgraded. We knew you'd find true love one day. Oh, I know, right? So, uh, what are you playing, Buck? Um, well, I've actually gone for a fan favorite game. I am playing Orville, the interactive fan experience. I've got an interactive fan. I use it to keep cool on hot days. It can poke but your finger into it and it makes a noise. Does it make it? Oh, well, it probably would. You make a noise as well if you put it in the wrong way. <laughs> oh. So how is it? Is it a fully fan-made game or is it an official? I think it's a an official. It's, fan, it's an interactive fan experience. It's not made by fans, I don't think. It's made because a lot of the graphics and so forth uh, similar to some of the backgrounds from within the Orville with actual series. So, yes. What sort of interactions do you have? Well, I've only done a small amount of exploration on it so far, and but I've I've created my character and I'm been wandering around the actual Orville itself while it's still in the space dock. Um, I've explored the captain's cabin, his office, the bridge, and just wandering aimlessly around the ship. Um, I found the classroom which is just off the bridge. I found the bar. I found um, one of the... Uh, is it the replicator that does the food in Star Trek? Yeah. Yeah, I found, I've found. i got one of those in my uh, in the captain's cabin, and I got myself a cup of coffee. I found a gun in the captain's office just off the bridge. I can shoot things, but it doesn't really seem to do any damage, though. So is there gameplay or is it just a sort of walking simulator? I think it's getting... Because it, this is only in the initial testing stages at, at this point. So I think it does eventually lead in towards some gameplay. You can go into different areas and do different things. So Oh, great. I remember there being a VR thing a couple of years ago. It got shut down, unfortunately. But um, I don't remember the name of it. But it was a Star Trek VR fan-made uh, walkthrough. 
Okay. So you well, could walk through a two-scale model of the Enterprise and the other ships. Okay. Well, um, as I said, I think this is actually properly officially licensed. Cool. Uh, do you mean, Professor, do you mean the away mission? No, it wasn't that. I'm just having a look to see if I can find it. Oh, actually, just looking in the um, main menu of the Orville, you can also do multiplayer. So you can actually join online with your friends, it looks like. Here we go. It was uh, Stage 9. It's a Star Trek fan-made recreation, and I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, shut it down because um, actually, no, this would have been after they released Bridge Crew which is no, another no. VR, but with actual gameplay, where you play as the, the crew of the um, Enterprise. CBS killed it. Yeah. Unfortunately, they got uh, cease and desisted. Yeah. Which is a shame, because it was an absolutely gorgeous project. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, I played Space Run, which is sort of a tower defense game, where you have a a spaceship which is a depending on the level it's a different shape but it's a grid of hexagons and then you have cargo and turrets you can place on the ship and you have to deliver the cargo within a certain amount of time and you get attacked by raiders uh smugglers there's a fairly bare bones plot involving pirates and um mega corps and stuff but it's mostly about the gameplay which is pretty fun so you start off the level with a certain amount of cargo you need to deliver you position it on your ship and then use uh, gold that you collect during combat and over time to upgrade and position turrets around the ship to defend the cargo okay sounds kind of fun what yeah, type of turrets um, do you get uh lasers missiles there's iron guns that disable shields and stuff but uh, I think your favourite part, Buck, the main character's name is Buckman. Hey, <laughs> they recognise my brilliance even from this distance. Well, it's quite a distance because he's the developer's French. Ah, oh, well, I'll even give him the fact that he's French. Anyway, Sorry, I'm just running, running down a set of stairs in the Orville. It looks, the gameplay-wise, it looks like EVE Online. Uh, no, I'd say it's nothing like EVE Online because you don't really control your ship. You can build extra engines to go faster or um, things like that, but you don't actually control your ship. You just position the turrets. Ah, oh, okay. And the, the only gameplay is the trips from station to station. There's no, um, it's not open world or anything like that. Okay. But anyway, uh, onto the shout outs for real this time. Our first shout out this week is for the firefighters who are working up and down the um, Queensland and New South Wales coast fighting the firefighters. Sorry, the fighting fires. the fires, the bushfires. Yes, which uh, tragically have already destroyed a couple of dozen homes. I don't think there's been any more any deaths yet, thankfully. Although they have actually caught a couple of kids on the Sunshine Coast who lit a couple of the fires, and they've charged them with arson and so forth. Uh, and uh, an extra tag on to that shout out is there was a young girl down in around near Crofts Harbour somewhere, who donated her birthday cake to the Gulmarad Rural Fire Brigade near south, just south of Yamba. Um, she wanted them to have it because they needed it more than she did at the end of fighting all the fires. Yeah, I see in the article we've got in the show notes for this that um, the Country Women's Association were making lunches for them as well. 
and kids were writing letters to them. Mm-hmm. It's a horrible, horrible thing. Such a shame that the fires were deliberately lit on the Sunshine Coast and that they've lost the 100-year-old heritage-listed Binnabarra Lodge. Mm. And uh, next shout-out, on the 8th of September, 1965, the monkeys were born. A small lad in the New York Daily Variety attracted 437 young men interested in forming the world's first manufactured boy band. A young movie and TV director, Bob Raffleson, dreamt up a show about a struggling rock band. All that he, all that he needed was a band. Or at least four insane boys. Uh, and uh, and after that, many other bands followed suit, like Bardo. Yeah. So on the 9th of September, 1999, the Sega Dreamcast, or the Sega, depending on which part of the world you come from, was released in America. It was the first in the sixth generation of video game consoles. It feels kind of weird to look at a, an Xbox 360, well, an Xbox One, or a PlayStation 4 and be like, this is... What are we up to? Eighth generation, um, eighth, gener- eighth or ninth generation console. The history of games goes back a surprisingly long way. Yep. Unfortunately, the Dreamcast was a flop, despite having David Bowie's only computer game on it, and uh, was the end of Sega's involvement in the console market. On the 9th of September, 1839, John Herschel, the English scientist and astronomer, took the first glass plate photograph, which still exists, and experimented with color reproduction, noting that rays of different parts of the spectrum tended to impart their own color to photographic paper. And our remembrances on the 7th of September 2019, Robert Axelrod, also credited as Axel Roberts, and Myron Mensah, the American actor from Digimon, Cowboy Bebop, and Space Pirate Captain Harlock. He was also Lord Zed in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and Finster, the Mighty Morphing Power Rangers monster maker. He died at the age of 70 in Los On the 9th of September, 1906, Mao Zedong, also known as Chairman Mao, who is now kept in a freezer, Beijing, the Chinese Communist Revolutionary who founded the People's Republic of China. China's population grew from 550 million to over 900 million under his leadership. When you say he's kept in a in the fridge, is he next to the milk or the <laughs> eggs? No, it's a special fridge. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to work out why I couldn't see him. I was looking. It's a bit big for your fridge. Like you wouldn't be able to squeeze him in next to the week old lasagna. I haven't got any week old lasagna. Lasagna doesn't last that long. <laughs> so. Uh, Mao was criticized for a huge number of deaths from 30 to 70 million victims through starvation, prison labor, and mass, mass executions. The revolutionary period in China, well, the communist revolutionary period, they've had a couple, is absolutely crazy with the amount of death and destruction going on. And I found out the other day that um, there's a similar amount of death in the yellow turbans um, bad, like the Free Kingdoms era, but they keep springing back, and now they're the one of the biggest producers of goods for the West. He died of a heart attack at 82 in Beijing on the 9th of September, 1997. Burgess Meredith, the American actor, director, producer, and writer, he was a lifetime member of the Actors Studio by invitation. He won several Emmys and the first male actor to win the Saturn Award for Best Supporting Actor twice. He's famous for his role as George Milton in Of Mice and Men, 
Ernie Pyle in the story of G.I. Joe and narrator of Walk in the Sun. He was known later for appearances on Twilight Zone and for portraying the Penguin in the 1960s TV series Batman. <laughs> Let's not forget he was also the famous bo- uh, boxing trainer in the Rocky films. You wanna be a fighter? Although I can't do a good just Meredith's voice, but someone will. Doesn't sound like it's gonna be us. Nope. He died from complications of Alzheimer's and melanoma at 89 in Malibu, California. Um, on to famous birthdays on the 19th of sorry, the 9th of September, 1828. Count Lev. Look, Nikolaevich Tolstoy, <laughs> usually referred to as Leo Tolstoy, was a Russian writer who is regarded as one of the greatest authors of all time. He received nominations for the Nobel Prize in Literature every year from 1902 to 1906, and the Peace Prize in 1901, 1902, and 1910. It's a major controversy that he didn't win any of them. He's in best the known was for he being war nominated and... for his work by people outside of Russia, or was it just the Russians themselves? That's a good question. I mean, he's plenty famous overseas now, but I don't know how things work then. Well, see, we would have been too busy being morons reading comics. <laughs> <laughs> Although, like, with the amount of dialogue in a page in a comic, imagine how long a comic would need to be to do War and Peace. I don't want to. That would just be scary. <laughs> yeah, the, movie, so... the movie's incredibly long. Yeah. Tolstoy is famous for War and Peace, Anna Karenina, Childhood, Boyhood and Youth, and the Sevastopol Sketches. Yeah. I was just thinking, did, did he also do um, Dr. Zhivago? Or was that no, else? I don't think that was him. Nope, that was Boris Pasternak. Okay. Okay, so our next one, the DJ is quite a fan of this guy. <laughs> the 9th of September, 1890. Colonel Harland David Sanders. The American businessman best known for founding the fast food giant, Kentucky Fried Chicken. His name and image are still symbols of the company. He was an honorary colonel and didn't actually hold a military rank, the military rank of colonel. He, began he, also, he also failed at it. Like before KFC, he failed at um, quite a number of jobs and businesses. Yes, it says in the notes that he was a steam engine stoker, insurance salesman, and filling station operator. Mm. He began selling fried chicken in Kentucky during the Great Depression, developed a secret recipe, and the rest is history. And a whole lot of fat. Wow. So in 1964, he sold KFC Company to a group of investors for the equivalent of $16.2 million. He was born in Henryville, Indiana. On the 9th of September, 1953, Janet Fielding, the Australian actress, known for her role as Tegan Javanka in Doctor Who. She was born in Brisbane in Queensland. And on to the events of interest. On the 9th of September 1983, Vitus Gerilites bets his house that Martina Navratilova can't beat the 1,000th ranked male tennis player. Hundreds. Hundreds? Hundreds. I'm not wearing my glasses. That's my my fault. On the uh, 9th of September 2012, the Indian Space Agency put into orbit its heaviest foreign satellite yet in a streak of 21 consecutive successful PSLV launches. Unfortunately, I don't believe they have managed to make contact with their lunar lander from earlier this week either, which um, appears to have crashed into the surface of the moon. So I would consider that a successful landing. Well, it landed. Yeah. I mean, aim for the moon. If you miss, you will land on the 11th of September, 1940. 
The American Mathematical Society met at Dartmouth College in Hanover, New Hampshire, where George Stibitz arranged to have the computer connected to another computer in Bell Labs by a telephone line. Sorry, a teletype unit was at Dartmouth College, hooked up by telephone line to computer in Bell Labs in New York. And this is the first remote control of a computer, which I now do all the time to fix things when people break them. So thank you, George Tibbetts, for making my job easier. But that's all we have for this week. Do you guys have anything to add? Uh, they can um, they can find us on Facebook. Um, we've got a Twitter page that's at an amalgamated. Um, if they've got any inquiries, they can send us on email but nerds.amalgamate at gmail.com. I shouldn't have mentioned that one. Now you'll get all the hate mail. <laughs> oh, I'll be waiting. Um, they can also uh, find us on Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. And also at that's.canon.com. Along with all of the other That's Not Canon podcast family. Such as Disney versus Disney. Or you, me, and a poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Yes, we've had some good new ones recently, so if you get a chance, please check them out. But I think that's all we have for tonight, so we will see you next week. Yep. Remember to take care of yourselves, look out look out for each other, and stay hydrated. Root. See you guys. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.